Whenever we read Bible prophecies, we find ourselves facing two challenges. One is separating biblical fact from a lot of the sensational teachings that are all around us. The other is trying to figure out how Bible prophecy can help us in our everyday Christian living. This episode begins a two-part series on questions we can ask as we study Bible prophecy. The goal of these questions is to help us handle God's Word responsibly. That's our topic in this and the next episode of Foreshadows Report. This is Steve Miller. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast that is all about keeping watch and finding hope as we live in anticipation of Christ's return. In this episode of the next, we're going to look at questions to ask when we study Bible prophecy. These questions have two goals. First, to help us gain a clear understanding of the prophecies we read in Scripture. That will be our focus in part one of this series. Then second, to help us figure out how prophecy is relevant to our lives today. That will be our topic in part two. My hope is that as you ask these questions, you will find your study of Bible prophecy becoming richer and more meaningful. Second Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scripture is profitable for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This verse tells us that every part of the Bible is useful for our growth in spiritual wisdom and maturity, and that would include Bible prophecy. It's estimated that about 28% of scripture is prophetic in nature which is a lot. And if 2 Timothy 3.16 is true, which we know it is, that means even Bible prophecy can contribute to our training in righteousness so that we may be complete and equipped for every good work. But one of the biggest challenges to understanding Bible prophecies is that there are many teachers who have abused and sensationalized the prophetic passages in Scripture. There are speakers and books and social media venues where we see Bible prophecies taken into the realm of speculation and ideas that cannot be found in the Bible itself. When it comes to Bible prophecy, it's vital that we let the biblical text speak for itself. In 2 Timothy 2.15, the Apostle Paul exhorts us to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. That phrase, rightly handling, means to cut straight. It speaks of working carefully to be accurate and exact. It is God's word that we are handling, and we want to approach it with great care and reverence. So as we seek to gain a clear understanding of the prophecies in God's word, here are some questions we may find helpful. First, What is the context of this prophecy? Look carefully at the context of the passage you want to understand. Start with the sentence, then expand to the paragraph, then the chapter, and then the book of the Bible that it appears in. Start with the verse itself and work your way out. 
contextual clue can tell us a lot about what a prophecy is saying and what it is not saying. A great example of this appears in Revelation chapter 1. In verses 12 and 13, the Apostle John said that he saw seven golden lampstands. Then he talked about one like a son of man who had seven stars in his right hand. At first, we're not told the meaning of the lampstands and the star. But when we go down to verse 20, John writes, The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So in one paragraph, we read about these mysterious lampstands and stars, and in the next paragraph, we're told what they mean. As we work our way outward, and as we view the bigger context, the meanings of certain words and verses are either explained or made clear. Second, what does this prophecy say? Based strictly on the words that appear in the passage and the context, try to discern what the prophecy is saying without appealing to any outside ideas. Start with the plain and normal meaning of the words. The Bible never says that we are to approach prophecy differently than any other part of Scripture. Bible scholar David Cooper offers us this wisdom. Take every word at its primary, ordinary, usable, literal meaning, unless the facts of the immediate context, studied in the light of related passages and fundamental truths, indicate clearly otherwise. A good example of a prophetic truth that has been abused, because people won't take it literally, is what we read about the length of Christ's earthly kingdom in Revelation chapter 20. This is also known as the Millennial Kingdom. From Revelation 20, verses 2 to 7, we are told seven times that Christ's rule on earth will last for 1,000 years. Many people have expressed doubt that John really meant a literal 1,000 years. They've interpreted the number figuratively or symbolically. They say it's not really 1,000 years. But there is nothing within the text of these verses that suggests the numbers should be taken figuratively. One of the basic rules of Bible interpretation is that numbers should be taken at face value unless there is strong evidence otherwise. Consider the other numbers in the book of Revelation. Seven churches really does mean seven churches. The two witnesses, the ten horn, the seven-year length of the tribulation, the twelve tribes of Israel. All of these are taken literally. One key exception is the mention of the number 666 in Revelation 13:18. Interestingly enough, the words in that verse strongly suggest that the number is symbolic. Notice what it says. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. This language is a clue that this is a symbolic number. But in Revelation 20, 1,000 years really is 1,000 years. And in all of the Bible, any time that a numerical adjective appears with the word year, it always refers to an actual period of time. Now, there are times when symbolic language is used in prophecy. Sometimes the way a passage is worded 
will tell us that we're looking at something symbolic. But even then, we want to be careful that we don't arbitrarily attach whatever meaning we want to that symbolic language. Instead, we go back to the question about context, or we go to our next question, which is this. What can I learn from parallel passages or keywords? If there are parallel passages, or if keywords within the passage are used in similar ways elsewhere in the Bible, look those up. Carefully comparing similar passages and keywords can help enlarge our understanding of a prophecy. A good example of this takes us back to the seven stars mentioned in Revelation chapter 1. The seven stars are first mentioned in verse 16. Then verse 20 explains that these seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Some people think John was referring to actual angel, but the Greek word used here can be interpreted messengers. The same Greek word that is used in Revelation 1.20 is also used in other New Testament passages. Matthew 11.10, Luke 7.24, Luke 9.52, and James 2.25. In all four of these passages, the same Greek word is used to describe human messengers. Another clue for us is that nowhere in the Bible do we see angels involved in leading a church or being representatives of a church. So based on these two clues, it makes a lot of sense to understand these messengers as being human leaders or representatives rather than angel. Our fourth question is, are there historical or cultural clues that can help interpret the prophecy clearly? Historical and cultural facts can sometimes help provide clarity. Consider what happens in Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. In verse 9, we read, Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. This refers to Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem during the last week of his ministry on earth. Then the very next verse says, He shall speak to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea. We know that that didn't happen right after Christ entered Jerusalem on a donkey. In fact, it still has not happened. This verse describes the future millennial kingdom when Christ will rule all the nations from sea to sea. It clearly refers to a different time in history. So the ride on a donkey tells us that verse 9 has to do with Jesus at his first coming, and verse 10 takes us on a big jump to the future in a different historical setting, the millennium. Then our fifth question is this. What can fulfilled prophecies about the past teach me about the unfulfilled prophecies about the future? The prophecies that have been fulfilled are often the easiest ones to understand and can offer important principles or patterns that help us to rightly interpret passages about the future. Here's an example. Every one of the prophecies about Christ's first coming was fulfilled literally. These prophecies came to pass in the literal, physical realm, exactly as stated in the prophecies. Interestingly enough, 
There are many people today who interpret the prophecies about Christ's second coming in an allegorical way. They say the prophecies will not be fulfilled literally, but spiritually or symbolically. But there is nothing in Scripture that indicates the prophecies about the first coming should be treated differently than those about the second coming. If all the prophecies about Christ's first advent were fulfilled literally, that serves as a pattern that tells us all the prophecies about his second advent will be fulfilled literally as well. So, we've looked at five questions to ask when we study Bible prophecy. What is the context of this prophecy? What does this prophecy say? What can I learn from parallel passages or key words? Are there historical or cultural clues that can help interpret the prophecy clearly? What can fulfilled prophecies about the past teach me about the unfulfilled prophecies about the future? Because the Bible is God's own word to us, it's vital that we handle it carefully. When we study Bible prophecy, these questions can serve as guardrail that help make sure we stay within the boundary of what God actually said. As we handle prophetic truth correctly, we bring honor to God and blessing to ourselves. Now, there are more questions I want to share in part two of this series. In this episode, we looked at questions to ask when we study Bible prophecy. In the next episode, we're going to look at questions to ask when we want to apply Bible prophecy. These questions will help us to take Bible prophecy to the next step and learn how it can have a shaping influence on our lives today. So be sure to listen in to the next episode. Thank you for joining me for Foreshadows Report. My hope is that you will find this episode really helpful for your future study of Bible prophecy. And be sure to join us next time as we look at questions about how to apply the things we learn. If you know others who would benefit from these podcasts, you can point them to my website, thievemillerresources.com. All my podcasts are listed there. In addition to this podcast, I also write short notes every day on Telegram Messenger channel. In those notes, I provide brief updates about world news, and I share great quotes from the Bible or from books on Bible prophecy. To find me at Telegram Messenger channel, you can go there and look for Foreshadows Report, or you can go to my website, stevemillerresources.com for the link to my Telegram Messenger channel. And in closing, I want to say thank you to Harvest House Publishers, which has helped to make this podcast possible.